Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Do you ever look at your favourite celebrity and think, I wonder if we have anything in common? Well, there's at least one thing. No matter who you are, no one knows you better than your mum. I'm Peter Todd. I'm a columnist from Fabulous Magazine, where every week you can hear from the nation's most loved women on everything from fashion and beauty, health and fitness, and pretty much everything in between. I'm also a model and presenter, but my hardest job by far out of all of these is being a mum. Because mums shape who we are. They're there for us when we need them and even when we might not want them to be. So, for this series, we decided to speak to some well-known, incredible women and find out just what makes these female relationships so formative. This is Things I Told My Daughter. For this episode, I'm joined by Jess Wright and her mum, Carol. Jess rose to fame when she made her debut on The Only Way Is Essex over a decade ago now. Performing has always been Jess's passion and her loving mum Carol has supported her all of the way from school plays to even being part of a girl band. Despite not knowing it at the time, Towie really was the big break that Jess had been searching for. We didn't know what to expect. Like we didn't know if it was going to be glossy like the hills or, you know, like it was. And then it was this kind of like quite funny drama drama filled show and we were like oh we'd never look back it's, it's done amazing things for us after 16 series of the show jess left Towie in 2016 in search of something much more meaningful love and a few years later jess has everything she dreamt of as she's now happily married to husband william and expecting her first little one but these past few years haven't been smooth sailing with the pandemic taking a huge toll on the right family pushing back the dream wedding, facing fears of early menopause and tragically losing loved ones to COVID. Yeah, it's been a terrible time. Like, it's just one thing after another, isn't it? It's awful. We just can't take anything for granted anymore. Despite the tough times that Jess has faced, from relationship dramas in her Towie days to nightmare moments during the pandemic, throughout it all, there's been one person by her side to help her through, her mum. This is Things I Told My Daughter with Jess Wright and her mum, Carol. Hi Jess, hi Carol, thank you so much for making the time. Hi Hi, Earth, how are you? Yeah, really good, thank you very much. How are you feeling? Yeah, all good, thanks. So, tell me a little bit about, let's start right at the bottom, how close are you and your mum and sort of growing up, what was that relationship like? We're pretty close, I'd say. We probably speak every single day and growing up we just kind of, because it was me and my two brothers, I was the only girl. So me and my mum would always do things together and the boys would do things like football with my dad. So we've always, always been close. We used to go shopping every Saturday and yeah, I'd say we're pretty, pretty close. 
Okay, and then you have a younger sister, Natalia, who's, is she 15 years younger than you? Yeah, she's 21. Um, oh, 21. She actually bosses us around. When she was yeah. a baby, she was like Jessica's baby, like just used to like treat her like it was hers. And now all of a sudden Natalia's grown <laughs> up to 21 and it's like Natalia's the boss. She's the one we ask about questions. What do we do here? What do we do? What do we wear? What do we do this? And yeah, she's quite domineering. Well, I think that's a force to be reckoned with. She's clearly learned that from two women in her life. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. She started off very, very shy. Really? <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah, she was so shy. She wouldn't do anything. She wouldn't participate in any of the things at school. She was such a shy little girl. And then all of a sudden it just came out of her and she's like, Mrs. Here I am. <laughs> Isn't it funny when something, it's like something just clicks and then they're like, okay, I've arrived. I've arrived now. We definitely know she's arrived. Yeah, she's like found her personality. <laughs> what was Jess like as a child? Jess was funny, like she was always putting a show on, acting, singing, dancing. She was just always funny and like always studying and she had the boys driving her mad. So, I mean, my son's meaning <laughs> they'd be playing football while she was studying. She didn't get it. She went to private school, like from the age of four. When she got to the age of 16, we realised what she wanted to do in life. She really wanted to do drama, singing, acting, everything. And I did give her the opportunity at 16 to move on to the school that did have a drama. And she said, oh, I think I should get a degree in business marketing first because just in case I don't make it in life drama that you know it's very hard to get into this in that industry and sometimes I regret that I didn't push her a little bit further to go on to that other life because she did do a degree she got a degree she did get the job the big business job and then I knew how unhappy she was and I said to her you need to come out of it and follow your dream and that's what she did yeah I think I grew up at stage school on the side of school so I did like four nights a week dancing singing acting musical theatre tap ballet I did it all and then I think it was just a case of my natural personality wanted to always perform. I had like a karaoke machine since I was born and I would just buy all the albums and sing and sing and sing and drive everyone mad at home. I used to like impersonate Jim Carrey a lot and things like that. So I think just my natural personality wanted to perform. But I was at a private school where all my best friends were following, the, you know, their academics and going to university and everything else so I suppose it was just a case of doing what I thought was best but in hindsight I kind of wish I'd gone to a full-time drama school at 16. It's actually almost like you've had a bit of a role reversal there for like I think you hear a lot especially through this podcast we've heard a lot more parents that have sort of said you know maybe keep studying just in case Whereas actually you were the one saying, no, I'll do that just in case and keeping that sort of on the back burner. So you clearly had a very sort of mature head on your shoulders. Yeah, well, I think I asked my uncle, my dad's brother, because he's very good at business and stuff. And he said to me, get an education because you can always fall back on performing arts. And I kind of saw his point. But what I lacked then was when I got into this industry, I lacked the confidence that that drama school would have given me. So I didn't believe in myself. I had stage experience, but it was very, it was from when I was very young up until the age of about 15. So it had I've gone to the drama school and stuff, I would have grown as a person in the performing world, which I think would have really helped. And of course, given me a lot more experience, more singing lessons, more acting lessons and things like that. But at the same time, I think like in life, you can't regret because the path that I have gone on has been amazing. And I've, you know, I'm very happy in my life at the minute. So you kind of think to yourself, like, had I have not done it, would, where would I be now? What would I be doing? And You can put yourself down a rabbit hole, can't you, of trying to say the ifs and the buts and like sliding doors moments, but actually it's a waste of time. You never know which road to take. Sometimes you take the right road, sometimes you take the wrong road. But I think Jess probably took the right road because, as you say, she did come out with the education and she has got that to fall back on. 
Yeah, definitely. Looking back, have you got any real highlights, like real moments that you sit there and think that like when it comes to sort of your singing and performing art side of things, what would be the things that stand out for you that you were really proud of or you enjoyed the most? Probably the tour I just did for Girls Just Want to Have Fun because I feel like it was something that I'd been wanting to do my whole life that I it had been like boiling away and I didn't get the chance to do it, just go on a stage, sing, act and dance. And yeah, I think that was a big highlight for me. Girls Just Want to Have Fun. I think when I got my record deal and I released a song and we did a music video, that was incredible. And I did Lander exams growing up and I always got like the top marks in all my exams. So I think like there's been lots and lots of highlights. But yeah, like even being on TV as well. Like I just think the entertainment world is just where I was supposed to be. I remember the instructors always saying to me, oh, she's the next Judy Dench. <laughs> I mean, one of the um, one of the adjudicators in my Lander exam said to my drama teacher at the time, she's the next Judy Dench. She's reminiscent of her, which obviously I didn't have a clue who Judy Dench was at this time because I was I was about <laughs> 10 or 11 and I did a monologue of Snow White and my drama teacher at the time Bill Duffy like basically wet himself with excitement when she said that but I mean that's a big statement <laughs> Dame Judy Dench is a huge huge act to follow so I don't know about that but yeah my mum my, my will carry that to her grave yeah <laughs> and rightly so what have been your, obviously, apart from the Sloan White monologue, Carol, what's been your sort of proudest moment of Jess's career? It's really funny because every time she was in the Christmas play at school, I was always the one up front, sitting in the front. I just used to love watching her on stage. Camping out. Yeah, I just loved it. I loved it. And I, I get really angry she didn't have the main part. She was a very pushy mum. <laughs> I was quite pushy that. in that respect. Like, I just loved seeing her on stage. And I knew that she had qualities that she weren't giving it at all. I wasn't, I wasn't as confident. Like, no. if my mum had my, I don't know, talents, I suppose, if you want to say that some of them are talents. Because I've got the confidence. She'd have gone like... I'd have been worldwide. She'd have been the main part in every single show. But, <laughs> but I'm tone deaf. And I can't dance, <laughs> so I didn't have those. I only had the confidence. Listen, you can't have it all. Can't it's just it not all. fair on everyone else. I know. Yeah. But also her music videos as well. When she brought her a few of her singles out, I thought, you know, that was a big moment for me when I used to watch her music videos and go away with her to film those. They was very good. All those sort of things. And then she was in dance school, so I was always at the front again, watching her every single week. To be honest, getting on the front of watching a school Christmas play, that's a talent in itself. That takes <laughs> dedication. Yeah. yeah. Moving on from that slightly, obviously into a slightly different area of entertainment, how did you get your break on TOWIE? How did that come about? Well, Mark got approached to be a part of it and then they wanted to meet his family and they met all of his family and basically asked us to be in it. And I was in a girl band at the time, so they wanted to follow that journey. My mum wasn't in it, I don't think, until series two. Is that right? I can't remember. Or or halfway through series one, I don't I think know. Halfway through series one. Yeah, so it kind of just did that. But they loved my nan when they met my nan. They wanted her on it. So it just kind of happened like that. Did you know what Towie was going to do for you when you first started on that journey? Or was it sort of a bit of a whirlwind? No, but like ITV2 was, you know, a big channel. And we thought, well, this is interesting it must be something, but like we never knew that it was going to become the phenomenon that it did. But I think it was such a kind of different, crazy show that with people that not every day you see with all the different characters, I think the whole country were kind of like, oh my, well, a lot of people that watched it were like, oh my God, what is this show? I think but reality wasn't so big then. So I think it was like the first steps of reality on TV in this country. And I think that's what yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah mm. people were so shocked at. I've got to say, when we first watched the first few of them, I've got to say, we were cringing in the chair. Yeah. We was like, oh, we my God. Like, oh, my God. Because we didn't know what to expect. Like, we didn't know if it was going to be glossy like the hills or, you know, like it was. And then it was this kind of, like, quite funny, 
drama drama filled show and we were like oh okay but yeah no we'd never look back it's it's done amazing things for us and Towie's Towie and I think if you watch some of the reruns from the beginning of the first like few series I mean it was incredible because the dramas that went on and the characters that were on there so yeah it's obviously a completely different thing for you Carol watching Jess like when she's performing and she's playing a role or she was being her as you know when she was in the girl band it's different to just being herself how did you feel about that as a mum I took it quite good really I'm not really a big interferer I always knew that things would sort themselves out I knew Jess weren't silly enough like when she was in a relationship and it wasn't working I gave her as much chat about it and like tried to steer her the right way but I was never one of those mums that would go against that person the opposite person who wasn't she wasn't getting on with her. and I just understood it and I just thought you weren't right yeah to how we did make it like I did which I did and I was never one of those you know if anything I, I was less like she would often say to me, how can you not be annoyed with him or anything like that? But I never got involved like that because I knew what, whoever she was with, it wasn't right for her. And I knew that it would fade out and she wouldn't settle for it, you know, just settle for something that wasn't going to be the complete relationship right for me. And I think that's sort of testament to your relationship in general, to know her well enough. And you learn that as you grow up and you get along, you know, how to navigate through relationships. So you obviously knew each other pretty well to have that confidence what made you decide to leave the show, Jess? I feel like I got to 30 and it was following like all my relationships and I just felt like I wanted to have a, like, a relationship off screen. And also it was very intense, like there was dramas going on and I'd been on it for five years, 17 series or something. Yeah, I think I was just ready to go and like my nan had just passed away. So it just kind of felt right. What would you say is your fondest memories looking back from TOWIE if you had to just pick one or two? I always used to love like the trips away with all the girls and me and Sam, Billy, Gemma, Bobby, we would stay like in a villa together and we just had an absolute ball. Like I think that the holidays were great. And then I think like the family times with like my nan and my mum and Lydia and Debbie and, and, and times like that where you kind of just got to sit together, natter about whatever and have a laugh. So yeah, like Towie provided us with so many amazing times and not only that, all the all the places we got to go off the back of it. Yeah, it was it, it was a big part of it our life. It was fun. It was good to be able to have like my thought of memories is because of my mum, of course, but also the fun. Like it was so funny. Like we used to have to dress up, and my mum would always say, "Oh, what have I got to be this week?" And I used to go to, oh, "Mum, you're going to be an octopus," and she'd go. Oh, no, I'm not dressed up as an octopus, but she'd walk out with that octopus outfit on. She, she loved it. it. <laughs> yeah, it really gave her a life as well, to be honest. You know, my dad had died and she'd never had anything like her hair done or her nails done or done anything. Or she'd never been the face, you know, she'd never been the one that, she was always the one in the background of just Helping waiting on everyone. Helping out with everyone, yeah. yeah. And then she became this star that everybody loved and she was just, it was just fabulous for her. Yeah, it gave her a real time to shine. Yeah, I really thanked Howie for those days, for my mum's life, what they gave her, yeah. Well, and so nice that you've got that. You've got all that footage of those, you know, that ordinarily in an ordinary family situation, you maybe wouldn't have the same of that sort of level to be able to look back on, especially when a lot of it is, you know, like you say, the fun times and things like that. So it's a really like, a precious thing for you as a family to have. Oh, it's great. And the yeah. song as well. I always remember the Christmas when they brought out the Christmas. Um, yeah, we did, we yeah. did last Christmas and, and got all like, the voiceovers from my nan and it's just brilliant. Like memories you could just cherish forever. I'm definitely ones to crack out when you when the little one rocks out, Jess. To be like, and have a look at this. Like <laughs> oh, it's better sold, than like yeah. a, your standard family album. <laughs> I think I'll save some of those episodes and put them in the loft. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Obviously, it has been quite documented by yourselves and your your family have, have really shared that. 
as a family, you had a really, really tough time through COVID. And obviously you had significant losses and lost your uncle, Eddie passed away. And how has that been for you as a family unit these last sort of couple of years? Well, I think the whole world has been unfortunately taken down by this horrible virus. But yeah, obviously losing our uncle, who was like one of the matriarchs of the family and my dad's brother and obviously my grandparents' son, horrendously awful for all of us. So this will be the first Christmas without him. But like I said, I think the whole world's gone through this and we're just grateful that we're all still here and and we've got each other and our health. And I think we just can't take anything for granted anymore. Yeah, it's been a terrible time. Like It's just one thing after another, isn't it? It's awful. Yeah, it seems like you've been really lucky to have each other in the way that you have. Like you're a very close family and it seems like you've really sort of rallied together to kind of pull each other through that. Yeah, that's all you can do, isn't it? I think family's like everything at the end of the day and at Christmas time, especially. That's why last Christmas when we all had to spend it separately because my dad was in hospital, my mum was really ill and everyone else was ill. We had the COVID restrictions around here in our area. We're just really, really, really keen on being able to spend it together this year because last year was just so crap like awful. Well, fingers crossed that it stays that way and that you can all make up for it this year by being able to be together as best you can and kind of remembering and making sure you make the most of being able to be with each other. As a family at the moment, you've got so much exciting stuff to look forward to. So hopefully you can kind of look forward to all those new memories that are going to be coming your way all the madness that's coming into all of your houses very soon yeah exactly we've got tiny little pattering feet whatever you call it on their way now so that'll be intense i'm sure before you know it, it'll be a stampede i know yeah, that's what they say <laughs> yeah they do say that they come like, like buses, buses. yeah yeah <laughs> so throughout all of this as well jess you were planning a wedding with William planning a wedding through a pandemic which doesn't sound like a lot of fun it's a nightmare yeah no it was horrendous it was a Ticking time bomb, waking up every day, checking the news, not knowing what was going to be. Up until a month before the wedding, we didn't know if it was happening or not. I mean, yeah, it was just incredibly horrendous. I can't believe we got through it. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I was going to say, you know, when it must have been such a relief to finally get there and it looked amazing. Oh, thank you so much. Were you someone that knew what sort of dress you wanted straight from the beginning? Were you someone that were like, yes, exactly this? I always knew I wanted big because I thought if you can't wear big on your wedding day, then when can you? Yeah, like I saw that dress that I walked down the aisle in on the internet, like straight after I got engaged, but a week after. And I was like, oh my God, that's the dress. And it happened to be the dress. I tried on so many to the detriment of my poor mum and sister who had to sit and watch but yeah like I saw that one and just absolutely loved it and yeah I just don't know I think I was always going to go for quite big and I kind of knew that I wanted it the skirt to go from really quite high on the waist because I had pictures saved on my phone as you do from years ago so there was exciting times and then there was horrendous times but you know we're healthy and that's the most important thing and we got the wedding in the end so you did you did indeed so how did you and William meet? My brother like knew him through a mutual friend and said that he thinks would suit. And about a year and a half afterwards, Mark was in a club with him and their friends and me and a couple of my girls joined. And then after that, we went on a date about a week and a half later. So I always say that I think the best way to meet someone is like through being set up. And that's what happened. Carol, do you approve of William? Has he got your seal oh, yeah. of approval? Yes, 100%. It's t- a bit late now yeah. if he hadn't, to be honest. <laughs> no, he ticks every box and I'm one of those that tell the truth. Like, I don't pussyfoot around. If he wasn't right for her, I'd tell her straight away. She knows I'm like that, which sometimes I shouldn't be like it, but I am. But the minute she met him, I just think, you know, he made her laugh and that's what's the most important thing. 
So I just thought when I heard that he made her laugh and he's, he's got quite a funny sense of humour and I think that's what she needed in her life. He's a businessman, he's everything, he's very intelligent. So that's what she was always meant to meet, someone like him. How was it watching your eldest daughter get married? Was the wedding everything that you'd hoped that it would be after obviously such a turbulent journey to get there? It was an amazing wedding. I mean, the stress levels that she went through before was just beyond. And like every day, we never knew if it was going to go ahead or if it wasn't, it was going to get called off or it was had to be changed to 30 people instead of 200 people or 150 people. And it just went on every single day. It was an absolute nightmare. But finally, it could go ahead. It was fabulous, fabulous day. So Jess, now you're expecting your first child together. It's like the perfect step after you've got your beautiful wedding. How do you feel about becoming a mum for the first time? Terrified. (laughs) Everyone says that (laughs) you just like lose your freedom as soon as that baby's born for about 25 years. But no, we're really, really excited. (laughs) We just kind of take every day. Like one day we'll feel excited. The next day we feel overwhelmed. But I am really excited. I'm very maternal anyway. I've always loved kids and I love kind of like taking care of someone. So I think it should be amazing, but it's definitely, definitely scary. And how do you feel about your firstborn having a baby, Carol? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I've got two on the way. I've known with Joshua as well. And yes, yeah. but I think it's fabulous because they're going to be so close to age. They're going to be eight weeks apart. Yeah, so my so... sister-in-law's due. Oh my word, yeah. you timed that. Yeah, Fantastic stinking so of be. calendars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Already Natalia's creating a nursery at my house and you name it, Natalia's getting for the um, house, for the babies. So, She's, yeah. I think Natalia's bought like loads of clothes already. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. It's so nice that sort of everyone, you know, like I think especially where there is obviously more than one baby coming at a similar time, that sort of everyone can be so involved in it. Lucky babies. Yeah, she keeps getting all these outfits delivered and she goes... I don't think this is going to be good for Jessica's mum because it's not going to get no um, wear out of this because winter and summer because Jessica's is due later on. Later, so. yeah. So so I, I always keep saying to her, give the uh, winter sort of stuff to Holly because she's going to be through the winter. I know. And you know what? It's the worst thing because when everyone says it, when you're having your friend, they, oh, they won't be in it long or they won't wear. And you have all this stuff for those first couple of months. First couple of months and they don't, they and actually, wear it once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're sort of trying to get on a That's rotation. the thing. Like I just bought my best friend a little outfit for her son for Christmas. And I'm like, I think to myself, it's a bit of a pointless present because it's literally going to fit him for like a month and he'll probably wear it once. But it's just what what do you do? Well, exactly. And I feel like especially when it's your first, if you can't do it then, if you can't get the stuff for your first or for other people's as well, then, you know, when can you? Did you freeze your eggs, Jess, previous to this? Yeah, I froze. uh, We froze our embryos last year. Okay. So, yes, we did do that. But then we didn't actually have to use them because we fell naturally very 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 quickly which is crazy what made you want to freeze embryos what was the sort of process that made you come to that decision before that it was for precaution because basically my mum went through menopause quite young and so did my nan her mum and I'd heard of some girls that go through it like five years before their mum when they go through it early so I just started panicking that because of the pandemic if the wedding was going to have to be postponed again that I could go into early menopause at any point. And I know it's a bit dramatic, but you know, when you go down a bit of a rabbit hole, when you do the research and then you like start panicking and we were in a position where we could do it. So we just thought to ourselves, let's just do it. But not only that, but my eggs would be a lot better quality at a younger age. So we didn't know how long it would take us to fall pregnant. And you know, if we want two or three, then at least my eggs will be of a better quality, hopefully younger. So we can always use them in the future. Do you know, it's a 
we're very fortunate that we live in a time where you can do that and and definitely that you had the sort of forward thinking to be able to put that in place like you say especially if there was that history of that early menopause yeah exactly we don't really talk about the menopause so much it's starting to change a little bit more now but definitely it's only now that I'm sort of in my mid-30s that I think actually I've spent this last however many years just like blinkered to actually what the menopause looks like and that it actually it's coming for us all at some point and uh, what that actually looks like yeah I feel like we grow up like going oh I'm gonna get married and have loads of kids and it's like actually in reality that's not just it's not that easy and because as well I think obviously back then people would have children a lot younger whereas now women have more options and opportunities so we're you know a lot of us want to have them later on in life so that we can enjoy ourselves and go out and and fulfill our dreams and everything else so I definitely think that it should be like taught to girls a lot earlier and I particularly think that doctors in the NHS like GPs should go into their um, patients history (laughs) and always ask early days when did your mum go through menopause and what are your periods like and you know have you ever considered freezing your eggs you know like things like that that we don't even know about like it was only because I saw something an article of a girl in the industry that I'm in that went through menopause at 34 brought it to my attention because her mum had gone through it young so it definitely definitely should become more of a, of a of a less taboo subject and something that I think women should be made aware of very young yeah just giving yourself that much more control and options exactly and I think that like that's another reason why we documented it on the show because I wanted to make girls aware of it because a lot of girls would be sitting there thinking do you know what she's right I'm 35 my mum went through it young maybe I should consider freezing my eggs so yeah if I could help anyone and I had so many messages saying that girls were in a similar position and they'd gone through it as well. And, you know, with the pandemic and so many women having to postpone their wedding and not knowing what's going on, it was just horrendous. Oh, definitely. I think it's really important when people like yourself that have got that platform can speak about it and normalise it and kind of take those barriers down a little bit. It just makes people feel like you're a lot less alone on stuff. And I think things like fertility, infertility, secondary infertility, menopause, early menopause, all of those things can feel like a very lonely place to be in because people, even now when everyone speaks about everything, it's actually some of the stuff that people still don't share as openly. So I bet there's a lot of people that were really, really grateful that you did. Oh, thank you. How has your pregnancy been so far? Have you felt well or have you been unlucky with morning sickness? Yeah, I've been okay. I've been up and down. I've had like nausea on some days and then some days I feel absolutely fine. It's just the weirdest thing. Like it almost feels like a hangover, like without drinking. But yeah, yeah, I think it's just one of those things. And to be honest, I just spend the days at home, like watching TV on the sofa. So really it's a perfect excuse to eat carbs and just chill out yeah no I've been okay thank you and like touch wood everything's good and I've had quite an easy pregnancy I haven't actually been sick with it so that's always a good thing oh I always feel that's probably my biggest jealousy of all time is when I hear people that have like not been really savagely ill because there's not a minute of me you'd have thought I'd have learned my lesson really because I've been pregnant a few times but still every time I just forget how horrific morning sickness Oh, really? Is. Did you get it a lot? Oh, yeah. Always from before I even would take a test, I would know because I'm so, so sick. And pretty much with Finbar, with my eldest, it was until the day I gave birth. I was sick the whole oh, way Oh, my through. God. My cousin said that she was like that. I felt so, like, I don't know how you did it. Oh. It's so, so, it just gets you it's down, just, doesn't it? it? Well, it does. And it's just you, 
you, you start just question. I think I don't even think I like anyone. I don't think anyone could really <laughs> like me because I'm pretty sure I'm horrific to be around. I was sick really bad as well. Because it is quite often it's like if your mum had suffered with it, wasn't it? It's quite often that it's you're more likely to. Yeah, yeah. But she hasn't, so I'm pleased about that. <laughs> and I think until you've sort of experienced morning sickness as well, you know, like if someone would say it, you'd think, oh, you don't feel 100% or whatever, but it just takes over. It is the strangest combination it is, like like just said, like it's like a hangover combined with like motion sickness. And I do forget how bad it is. And then it comes and I'm like, oh, this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't envy you. And I can't believe you've like done it a few times as well. And I think like men don't realise how easy they have it. It's just so annoying. Oh, I can honestly, I think that there'd been times when when I'd been really, really poorly, when I'd been pregnant and Mark would say something or dare, like have the audacity to say that he wasn't feeling well with something or he had, and I, I could have literally like burned holes into the back of his head as he walked away. Like you have got no idea. Did you say afterwards, how the hell did I do that? I was so shocked at the first one. I was like, my God, I didn't know that's what that happened. I didn't know that. And I can remember walking around this party and talking to everyone and going, oh, I cannot believe what, I cannot believe no one told me that this was a ha- you know this is what happened <laughs> and I can remember my mum saying to me I didn't realize yeah. you had it so bad I said but I didn't know that this happened the, the feeling and everything but I'm shocked and then you Nature do it again it raises yeah. that bit mm. yeah but like you say going around a party talking to people I really found that I didn't have my first labor was quite a traumatic labor but I felt like I just had to talk it through quite a few times those puzzle pieces together yeah and like get other people's experiences I guess as well and see like how's that how theirs was I'm like every time I speak to someone I'm intrigued to know how their labor was but I don't know how I'm gonna do it I just yeah I'm terrified but I think every woman probably is you just have to know that it's, it's gonna come out one way or another yeah Exactly. I do think that we sort of normalize childbirth so much because, you know, it's like, well, everyone does it and they do it all around the world. But actually, it's a massive, massive thing. Massive, massive thing. thing to... Massive thing. Yeah. And I do a man, think co- a man couldn't of, do it. Know, a man could <laughs> not do it. No, I, I the agree. The population would have died out a long time long ago. Time ago. Yeah. yeah. It was down to them. Yeah. My two best friends are the polar opposite of me. Both of them, I remember one of them in particular ringing me and being like, I'm not sure with her first baby. She's like, I'm just not sure if I'm in labor or not. Like, I think oh I Oh my know. God. And I remember thinking, what are you talking about? Yeah, you <laughs> like, I cannot relate not. to this. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, you do it. Both of them, like that, they literally, you? both of my best friends are like it. Literally just think about it. And they're like, oh look, here's a baby. And oh I was like, God. I cannot understand no, what you're talking I. about. It doesn't make sense, does it? Because it's such a dramatic no. thing. And when you hear these people that just like, yeah. how about those that don't even know they're pregnant? <laughs> Do they not know they're pregnant? I, and they're I like, know. I know. And a week before, re- all of a sudden, the baby pops out and they didn't know they was pregnant. I just don't get those ones as well. I don't either. Because I think, how did you not feel that foot that was underneath your rib for however long? Like, what are you even talking about? It is insane. Yeah, when you're going like for a pee a thousand times yeah, a day yeah, and yeah. really just want to exactly. kill, every, like, kill your husband for every single exactly. move. Exactly. I mean, like, sometimes <laughs> they're just breathing at the wrong time in the wrong place. Yeah. And you think Literally. So or like they drink a drink and you're like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's definitely, I, I definitely know where you're coming from on that because that was definitely me. There was one pair of shoes that I particularly, <laughs> I remember that it's like I could smell the rubber. <laughs> from the soul of this pair of trainers I remember thinking I'm gonna just they're gonna have to go they're gonna yeah. have to go apart from that I'm a very reasonable person <laughs> I think the more women you meet and the more women you speak about you realize that first of all absolutely everything 
can be a pregnancy symptom. You know, everything, anything can be put down to being pregnant, like itchy toe, headache. Oh, and it's also like the... never ending. And you can't do anything when you're pregnant. You can't eat this. No. You can't drink that. You can't go on this. You can't go to this. You, it's just, yeah, it's endless. And we have to do it for almost a year. It's just, yeah. <laughs> Jess and Carol have been such a pleasure to chat to. I've loved every second of getting to know them a little bit more. But before I leave, I'm super excited to put forward a little maternal dilemma where we give them a classic parenting problem and see if they both come back with the same solution. The maternal dilemma is a relative has gifted you a really hideous baby outfit and is going to come round and visit the baby. They've said how excited they are to see the little one dressed up in the outfit that they gifted you. Do you dress your baby in the outfit to please them or tell them the truth that you're not really a fan of the outfit and put them in something that you've chosen? I think I'd do C and pretend it's in the wash <laughs> and I've already put them in it. Strong, strong <laughs> argument. Um, um, yeah, that would be awkward, wouldn't it? Mm, don't know what I'd do to be honest with you. It's all called knew you was going to upset. If I didn't, <laughs> yeah, if I didn't the love the person that was coming around, I probably would say, I'm sorry, I just didn't like it. But I think if I didn't want to offend them, then I'd probably have to put them in the outfit for, and take it off when they left. Yeah, it would <laughs> depend on the person and yeah. the reaction that they're going to give. <laughs> yeah, very diplomatic from both of you, to be honest. Very diplomatic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, perfect. Thank you so much, Carol and Jess. Thank you for the time. And really good luck with the rest of the pregnancy, Jess. And, Thank um, you. Sure good luck with the four kids. Excited. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, I need it. I need it. Thanks oh, so much. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks again to Jess and Carol for joining me on this episode of Things I Told My Daughter. It was so much fun hearing you both reminisce about your fun memories of starring on TOWIE together. And I cannot wait to see your relationship grow even more when the little one arrives. This future mini Wright has got some incredibly strong role models to grow up with. Join me next time for another tell-all fantastic mother and daughter conversation. And don't forget, you can read Fabulous magazine every week in The Sun on Sunday or every day at thesun.co.uk forward slash fabulous. It's packed full of affordable fashion and beauty tips, plus even more interviews with our most loved female celebs. Before you go, we'd love it if you could follow the podcast. You can do it via your preferred podcast app and it means that you'll never miss an episode. And we'd love it even more if you could give us a rating and leave us a review. Thanks for listening. I'm Peter Todd and this has been Things I Told My Daughter. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.